Hi, this is Chris Hoff, host of the Radical Therapist podcast, and as a licensed marriage and family therapist, it is in my professional opinion that you are at extreme risk if you were to listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. So please don't listen, and that's why I don't listen. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, welcome to the show. This episode 342 of your listener-produced, listener-supported I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your listener-produced and listener-supported host, Jesse Dollamore, sitting across from me, your listener-produced, listener-supported co-host, Brittany Page. What an original introduction. I am an original individual, Mm. Brittany Page. Yeah, you are. Thank you. For mm-hmm. being here this evening. You're welcome. I caught you earlier in a tunnel of nostalgia. <laughs> Did you? I walked into the other room. This is for the audience's edification. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is what I discovered. <laughs> what are you listening to? Is that the fucking Osmonds? <laughs> God damn. <laughs> so. That is a universally you, loved you song. You weren't just like jamming to some tunes. Mm-hmm. You were sitting in a pitch black room watching <laughs> Osmond videos on YouTube on your phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I'm not gonna. I'm a not a real good time. I'm not going to feel ashamed about. I'm this not trying to make you feel ashamed. One bad apple by the Osmonds. One bad apple don't spoil a whole bunch. Is a girl. fantastic tune. It is a poor man's Jackson Five. It is okay. I will say that the Osmonds are for sure a it poor is a man's Mormon Jackson Five. Jackson Five. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, but that song is good. Even though Jackson 5 was a Jehovah's Witness Jackson 5. They were Jehovah's Witnesses? Yeah. uh Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Look at all these factoids. I got a lot of facts in here. Yeah, you do. Um, So I will not be shamed about this. And I won't go so far as to say I'm proud of of what I was doing. But I I do love me some some Osmonds sometimes. Yeah. At least it wasn't uh, the goddamn Partridge family. As And what's that song that I hate that you play? I I play several of them. I don't know. What's the one with the school bus and the They they travel on a school bus. <laughs> right. That's not You can't No. So I guess that's everyone. It's prominently featured. That's what they travel. <laughs> they use the school bus to travel. 
Uh, you just see Donnie Bonaducci, whatever his name is, Donnie ba- Bonaducci, yeah, Danny Bonaducci back there on the drums. Uh huh. You just know that guy was gonna grow up to be a piece of shit. Um, just guarantee. You look at him and he looks skeevy. He just looks no, dirty. No, he does not. Even as a child, no, you knew something was fucking wrong with no, that guy. No, he was so sweet and no, cute. Yes, no. yes. And then something obviously went awry, and <laughs> maybe he was just you know drinking lead paint or something. I, you know, those TV child stars back then <laughs> was a bummer for them. You, it's been kind of a week of uh, nostalgia for you. Oh, yeah. Last weekend, we had a childhood friend of yours, one of your lifelong best friends. Yes, Clayton. Here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've known him guys, since kindergarten. Yeah, you guys were, were breaking out the first kiss. Um, childhood <laughs> Breaking kiss. it out. Yeah. No, you guys were breaking out... Uh, the the yearbooks. Yeah, I was just clarifying how how lifelong a friend this this guy is. Yeah, and you guys were were doing the old yearbook reminiscing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't. Did you explain the kiss thing? Because that happened when we were in kindergarten, I guess, and it happened under the table at <laughs> our babysitter. Right. And we always make the joke that um, that's when he knew he was gay. <laughs> Clayton's a gay fella. Yeah. So, um, by the way, Clayton, we love you. Yeah, of course we do. And so we were getting out the old pictures, and you know, we we were in the same group at prom and stuff. Uh, that's another story for another day. And um, we were looking at my old yearbooks, and I found this drawing in I think my freshman yearbook. You want me to describe the drawing? Oh no, it was my sophomore yearbook, and. Uh, Sure, you go ahead and (laughs) it's probably better if you do. Some high school child, a ninth grader, Mm -hmm. I'm being told, drew a picture of his dick in Britney's mouth. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't... Or should I be more clinical? It was a a crude drawing of a penis in a female's mouth and it was believed to be Britney's, a depiction of Britney. Yeah. Why do I do that voice? I have no idea. It was not... (laughs) It was not a good drawing, and it was a stick figure. You mean, it, had it been like a, 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 an artful thing, you'd be like, oh, that's, no. that's classy. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, how I'm how, not, how no. tasteful. Yeah. Beautiful line work on there. Look where the penis goes yeah. right into the mouth. <laughs> that is just gorgeous. Thank you, no. Derek, or whatever his name was. No, Mike. And, Mike. Yeah. And no. No, that's not I what I'm saying. I just assumed it was a Derek drawing dicks in a yearbook right. in high school. Okay. We apologize. Anyway, alarming. You were you you were you kind of went through a period of, of reflection this last week of what the fuck? Well, it's weird to me that someone would feel comfortable drawing that in my eh, yearbook. It's kids. Yeah, I know, but that's weird. And, yeah, for sure weird. And it's actually something that I have seen a couple of times on Twitter from women who are on TV and speak for a living. I have seen like Kristen powers yeah she retweeted a message that she received on twitter and it was a drawing of her with a dick in her mouth yeah well i even see the same thing with tommy laren yeah and i don't like it people tweet me and say what a dumb cunt or bitch or all kinds of crazy things you're not gonna get your tweet liked by jesse d if you're talking like that even about someone i that i think is a monster yeah. Like Tommy Laren. Not going to get your tweet liked by Jesse D. Wow. Uh, well, th- I think they're trying to elicit a response. They're not going to get a response. Yeah. 
Um. <laughs> I mean, I, I what I'm saying is you mentioned Kirsten Powers or whatever her name is. Yeah. First, it's Kristen or Kirsten. Yeah. She's a liberal Democrat. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, of course, oh, outrage. You shouldn't do that. But even someone like Tommy Lahren, come on. You you could be creative and call her a couple snarky names. I prefer alt-right princess. Yeah. But you don't have to draw a dick in her mouth. I mean, that just right. it's de- demeans the entire conversation. Yeah. I was more criticizing your use of third person when talking about yourself. But oh. um, yes, I would say. It was meant to be a joke. <laughs> but thank you for taking I, me serious. I, I would say it's just a weird thing. And, and I these have to be adult men doing that on Twitter, I would assume. And this was a freshman in high school who drew this in my yearbook. So I know these are like just a handful of instances that I'm pointing to, but it seems to be some sort of weird thing that happens with certain types of men, I guess. And where are they learning this? Like, Oh, I really want to get at her. I'm going to (laughs) draw a dick in her mouth. I, I don't know. Like you're just going to be enraptured by, oh my God, how what a romantic gesture. Well, no. Yes, Mike. They're certainly not doing it as a romantic gesture. They're doing it to to criticize and well, do, antagonize. Do you, do you think that it's kind of the same playing out of the, the playground kind of dynamic where if a little boy likes a girl, he steps on her foot or he pulls her hair, he... He terrorizes her because he doesn't know how to express the like that he has. And maybe this guy, this Mike character, is just a, a fucking mook who never really matured. And maybe he's a guy who's drawn dicks in Kirsten Powers' mouth now because he's never really come around. Yeah, I think that's very likely. Very likely. Um, Which part? The, that he's still doing it? Yes. Or that it's kind of a never matured um, both schoolyard inability to... To express their emotion. Both. Yeah. But I would say that I for sure didn't know that this had happened at the time because if I had, I would have taken that yearbook, which how many pounds do you think it weighs? <laughs> it's a big yearbook. And I would have smashed him over the top of the head with yeah. it. Yeah. Because. <laughs> it was a different Br- Britney P. Then. Yeah, it was a different Britney P. And I, <laughs> I would not be allowing someone to write that in my yearbook. Yeah, yeah. But it happens. And it was shocking to see. So it, it also had me and Clayton talking about the dumb stuff that we probably wrote in other people's yearbooks. Oh, and, I'm petrified by that. Yeah. And Although it was probably more just like, have a cool summer. See you next year. Yeah, with your dumb shit. Hags. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, it makes me wonder, though, did in the drawing, if you remember, I don't know, um, Oh yeah. Were you were I remember. You, were you were you were you wearing a tube top? <laughs> oh, I didn't I didn't see that one coming. Um no, I don't think I was. Wow. Well he yeah. he, he really missed an opportunity there. Yeah. He did. Yeah, that would be fitting. Mm-hmm. That would really go with the depiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's uh let's Let's uh let's get on with this. You know that one bad apple doesn't spoil the whole bunch, Brittany. I'm glad you've realized that because not all of us are a bunch of dick drawing morons. Yeah. There's some there's some good apples out here. Mm-hmm. And Mike, the one bad apple. Don't spoil the whole bunch. You didn't spoil the whole the whole bunch. Yeah, don't spoil the Bringing whole bunch. Bringing it full circle, everybody. Let's get to some voicemails. 
Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is John from Ohio. Uh, calling about the conversation you guys were having about the um, conveyor belt thing. And, Jesse, you mentioned something about ordering water at a restaurant. I actually used to work at a diner, um, and I can tell you right now that uh, ordering water, uh, sometimes you will get waitresses or servers, waiters, waitresses, that will assume that because you're ordering water instead of like a beverage, soda, or, or alcohol, that you are cheap and probably aren't going to leave tips, so it can actually affect your service. Uh, I've also been a cashier um, and also, you know, bought plenty of groceries myself. I don't think there really is any etiquette. It's polite to set it down before the people behind you start putting down their groceries, but really I don't think there's any even unwritten rule about it. But just my two cents. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Keep it up. Well, at least, at least it's not rude mm-hmm. to not put it down. If yeah. it's polite but not looked upon as a dick move, that's good. And I speaking of dicks, I'm really glad that John didn't say that the diner at which he worked, that if you ordered water, they'd stir the ice in your water with their dick or something. That, Because then it was never, ever going to order water again. I don't even know how you came up with that idea. So something's going on up in that brain. Because I hear all kinds of horror stories about people doing shitty stuff. Oh, yeah. If they perceive you as cheap or rude, or whatever. Yeah, but that just flowed way too easily off the tongue for you. We just had a 10-minute conversation about dicks. <laughs> that's I true. have dicks on the brain, That's Brittany. true. That's true. I have just yeah, dicks but that's, just banging around inside my head. Yeah, that's just... <laughs> it's Wednesday. It is Thursday. Well, it could be any day. Who are you, Charlie <laughs> Daniels? I was just about to make that joke. How dare you? You gotta be quicker... You got to be quicker on a Wednesday like this to beat me to a joke, Brittany. Yeah. It's Thursday. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right, right, right. All right. Next voicemail. Good morning, uh, sir. My name is Carmen Gonzalez, and I just want to say thank you because you were fighting for my people for Puerto Rico in one of your YouTube videos. And as per weekend, I appreciate your your love, you know, the love that you're showing for us. Uh, in Puerto Rico, we are having a, a real nightmare. My family still in Puerto Rico. I live in Florida, and I wasn't able to communicate with them until yesterday. And it was bad. And the situation right now in Puerto Rico, it's terrible. It's like a war zone. Uh, it's awful. I mean, the, there's no water, there's no power, there's uh, the footage, uh, it's getting, it's, uh, it's it's spoiling because there's no power. I mean, uh, it's really bad. I mean, two water dams are about to collapse, and it's, it's, it's a nightmare. So, but, I mean, I just wanted to let you know that thank you. Thank you for, for you know, for be to be thank you for you know to defend us and I appreciate it as a poor weekend my family and I we appreciate what what you did in the YouTube video you know to let the people know what is really happening in my beautiful island God bless you sir God bless you so much and I'm sorry you know because I know that my English is not it's not too good but I just wanted to let you know that we appreciate it. 
your love and your passion to defend people that we don't have nobody to defend. Thank you, sir. Well, thanks for the call, Carmen. Uh, let me let me say this: I, when you call it a war zone, it, it is an apt description of what's going on. It is apocalyptic right now in Puerto Rico. People are really fighting for water. It is no cell phone service in much of the island. They are having to airdrop satellite phones in to mayors, county officials, hospitals, so administrators can communicate with other hospitals to try to shift critically ill patients out and in of different facilities. All the while, and this was the crux of the video and what I said, is Donald Trump is ignoring them. And it baffles me that time after time and moment after moment, people still defend Donald Trump as, oh, it's kind of a reach to call him a racist. But when he perceives white Texas, a state that he dominated and won, help on the way, my beautiful people in Texas, Florida, Another state that he won. Help is on the way. Do not worry. Puerto Rico. The Americans in Puerto Rico are devastated. It's an understatement. Devastated by a hurricane. And eh, he doesn't tweet about it for days. A week passes by. 45 tweets or whatever it was about the goddamn NFL. Nothing about Puerto Rico. And when he does finally tweet about it, he talks about how much money they owe Wall Street and the big banks. So what's the, what's the common denominator here? Well, they're brown. Many of them sound like Carmen. In Donald Trump's racist fucking mind, that's not American. That's not America first. That's a problem. Anyway, our hearts are with you, Puerto Rico. Uh, things are getting better. Donald Trump finally did do make some inroads to getting some help there. And uh, it will not be long. Hang on. And hopefully death and destruction comes to an end quickly. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it very much. Speaking of Americans and uh, America, Brittany Page, we talked a little bit about Alabama last show, and uh, we we had some responses. Hey, guys, it's Casey from Alabama. Uh, listened to the last episode you guys put out, and uh, you guys said something about not having Patreon. People in Alabama, and it's because you play the damn banjo music. <laughs> it's not the banjo music. It's the economy. It's fucking awful here. <laughs> it really, it's so sad we have to laugh about it. Uh, you guys may have stumbled onto a good topic for your show, though. Just how fucked is Alabama? Like, it's so sad. I mean, we, we got one governor out here, and... You know, we got him out of here for lying, and he was having sex with women that weren't his wife in his office, and 
Then we got this lady in there who we all thought was going to be great. The first thing that she starts doing is starts talking about leaving Confederate monuments alone. And, you know, she's a, she was a segregationist back in the day and all that good stuff. Uh, we, we just reset by 50 years. The country went back, you know, 25. We went back a whole another 50. Uh, here pretty soon, Alabama will be in the 1800s. Um, but yeah, if the economy didn't suck so bad here, I'd be, I'd be able to give something. It's really horrible. But, uh, just want to point out that, you know, it's not the banjo music. And hey, banjo music is awesome to an extent. <laughs> I know you're going to laugh, but there's good music with banjos in it. I just want to point that out. Have a good one. Uh, there's absolutely good music. That is actually a good piece of music. Banjo is a wildly difficult instrument to play. Mm-hmm. I happen to really like bluegrass music, which features goddamn banjos. Mm-hmm. I don't play it to malign. It just it's so associated with you know, kind of country. Kind of bullshit. Well, you do play it to malign, but you also like it. Well, I also call people. You know, I've given Casey shit on the show before. Mm-hmm. I I tease because I love kind of a deal. So we also got an email from Josh in Alabama. Josh, and he said Brittany mentioned the possibility that your fans slash listeners in Alabama could be offended by Jesse playing the banjo music when he mentions the state. I used to be a person that would white knight for the state of Alabama when people would say bad things about it. I think I just wanted people to acknowledge that not everyone in Alabama is racist or unintelligent, but I've decided that it's pointless for me to spend the time and energy making that argument. The Trump variety of conservative politics that has come into vogue recently has left such a foul taste in my mouth that I'm no longer willing to defend Alabama. Even though it does feel a bit bad when Jesse says my state's name with so much venom in his voice. I truly understand where he's coming from. So no, I'm not offended by the banjo music, but I do sincerely appreciate Britney's considerations, consideration for the feelings of our Alabamian listeners. Alabaman? Is it Alabamian? It probably is. There's an I-A-N. All right. I hope that a new generation of modern-minded, ethical, and well-educated young people will eventually change the negative stereotypes about people from this state. In fact, I hope to play a role in that transformation when I become a high school science teacher next year. While I'm here, I want to say how much I enjoy and appreciate y'all's podcast. Yours are the are often the only politically sane voices that I hear. Jesse, I am raging along with you. And Brittany, I so appreciate how you elevate the conversation and act as the voice of reason. If we actually caved into the anger that Trump provokes in us, we would be no more ethically correct than the worst of Trump supporters. Having said that, I will again reiterate how refreshing it is to hear Jesse give voice to all of my political frustrations. So as much as I want to join in the meme saying Brittany is the best part, your equally important contributions to the magic of the show prevent me from doing so. Josh. Thank you, Josh. That is a beautiful sentiment. We appreciate it very much. Um, it is it is an interesting concept though of why Alabama and Mississippi and uh, in in a lesser degree Georgia but you know Florida Louisiana in a lot of ways that deep south run of states has remained in an American type of dark ages and what I believe happens he just kind of struck on something is people who can't deal with it anymore they get up and get the fuck out of there. 
If they want to stay in the South, they'll move to Atlanta or, or you know, a, a Tennessee somewhere, even though that's not much better. Right. But then the people who are content with it being, you know, we don't want to, any progress. We don't want to. They stay. So it, it contain it, it remains in a rut just by based on, uh, by based on. Hear that? Mm-hmm. Just by based on. Just based on attrition. They're losing the good ones who are leaving, maybe coming out here to California. And the, the bad ones, I'm using colloquial language here. They stay, kind of leaving it like it is. Right. Kind of a bummer. So good for you for sticking around, Josh. It's loyalty to your state. Look, I'm from Idaho. It's it's better, but not much better politically. Pretty pretty shitty. Yeah, so we also got a few emails about the kneeling. Do we want to talk about the kneeling? Oh, yeah, the NFL. Let's do that. Okay, we got this one from Manuel in Munich. He says, gotta admit, I have not followed the podcast yet. More of a YouTube follower. Here are my two cents and some questions. I am watching this from the outside and the whole upset about hashtag take a knee is puzzling to me. Why is kneeling a form of disrespect? What connects the anthem and therefore what you do while it plays with the armed forces so that my conduct during the anthem expresses that I disrespect them? Do the upset people understand that the kneeling is not done in any form or any way as an expression of opinion about soldiers and veterans, as far as I understand the story, but that this is meant to draw attention to social injustice in the country? What upsets me as really stupid is the often written, if you complain slash don't like or don't love your country, then leave. Yeah. What the fuck? How is pointing (laughs) out an error jumping to jumping to the meaning of not loving the country. Does somebody who loves the country be of a mindset to think it's flawless? Who in their realistic mindset can support such a claim? I'd argue that the true patriot is the one who honestly acknowledges what can be changed for the better and acts. Because once we are past this upset about if this is the right form of protest on this issue, it is time to get back to the issue. Kneeling does not solve it. But gathering forces to work on it and make the country better for everybody is the true spirit. Cheers, Manuel. That is awesome. I, I love uh, a foreign perspective on this because it really it, it, it sheds some light on it of what someone objectively thinks about it. Uh, it, it is interesting because these people who say that it's disrespectful to kneel to the troops and to the flag or whatever, they kind of get caught in a, in a well, many logic traps here. But one main one I think is interesting is that these players who are kneeling while the anthem plays to draw attention, to create some sort of spectacle, however large or however small, um, to create attention, draw attention to racial inequality and police brutality, which is absolutely a problem. They want to make America better than it is. And that pisses people off. Conversely, Donald Trump campaigned for two fucking years about make America great again. Meaning it's not great now. We're going to make it great again. Why? No, he didn't. He didn't get maligned. They chanted MAGA, 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 MAGA. Well, that's because one is about improvement and progress, and the other is about pulling us back to 
something else. To make us a, a national Alabama. <laughs> One could say that. <laughs> One just did. So yeah, listen, Manuel, thank you very much. We, we appreciate the sentiment and the email. Very good. And we have one from Lindsay. I just saw Lee Greenwood singing God Bless the USA on Facebook. Mm. It might have been Jesse during karaoke because that is his karaoke song. That is my go-to karaoke song. And that is not a joke. That is a fact. I sing the shit out of that song. I feel like this song sums up nicely some of my thoughts about football players taking a knee. The song says the flag still stands for freedom. When did the flag, and I was waiting for you to launch in and actually sing it. (laughs) When did the flag and national anthem become about military members? How are these football players disrespecting the military? Initially, Colin Kaepernick knelt because he recognized and wanted to bring attention to the fact that a lot of people in this country are not experiencing the same freedoms as others, right? Please correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't that what our flag represents? The song also says, quote, I'll gladly stand next to you and defend her still today. Is he not saying he'll defend the freedom the flag represents? I'm a white middle-class girl from Idaho. I have not seen racism firsthand, but I understand it exists. How can so many people be so blind to the privilege of others and the struggles of others? Anyway, I started listening after the election because I needed to ex- something to explain to me what in the heck is going on. I can't handle this. Lindsay. Thank you very much for your listenership, Lindsay. We appreciate it. And for the sentiments in your email, I can't, I, mean, I, I, I can't explain it. Um, I think that people are just taking their marching orders from Donald Trump. And also, it's kind of a, it, it's a, a knee-jerk reaction that you must stand for the anthem. You must respect the flag. And there's a lot of nuance there that part of the anthem and the flag, it represents... Maybe it creates a dichotomy, but it represents the ability to disrespect, even though they're not disrespecting. You can burn the goddamn flag. That's part of the freedom that same flag provides, uh, represents, excuse me, not provides. So being a veteran, how do you feel when you see those videos of NFL fans burning all of their tickets and jerseys and whatever and but they say i served in the military i fought for that flag how do you feel as a veteran when you hear another veteran say i fought for the flag well i was a veteran or i was an active duty uh, person who who was kind of a pain in the ass to my fellow service members my fellow marines because i i would quiz them what's the what's the sixth amendment what's the fourth amendment what are the elements of the First Amendment? Because you swore an oath to, a, to to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. How can you take an oath to support something you know nothing about? I was always that guy. Who were you giving quizzes to? The guys that I uh, served with. Okay, so not people above you. No. Oh, okay. You can't. I was in the Marine Corps, not the fucking Air Force. <laughs> you don't lip off the people who are above you in the Marine Corps. You get your ass beat. Yeah, I mean, well, you which didn't, I frequently did. Yeah, I, I had a few of my ass kickings. But that's no, what I'm saying. Not I've because heard of stories. That, so not, not because of that. Okay. For other, well, it was also for challenging. Yeah. But not. Well, because I, I hear, <laughs> I hear it sometimes that veterans will say, like in those videos, "I fought for the flag," and then I will hear people who did not serve in the military say, "Those people died for the flag." And well, let me say this. 
when when you're in a combat situation and rounds are are going down range I can't imagine I've never heard anyone say oh my god we're fighting for the flag y'all oh oh we got to defend the flag if 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 we lose this battle if we lose this skirmish if we lose ground our fire team gets pushed back the flag gets dishonored no that's fucking ridiculous. No one thinks we're fighting for the flag. We're fighting for our country. The flag represents some ideals that are associated with our country. But no, we're not fighting for the flag. No one's fighting for the national anthem. No one's humming the national anthem as they send rounds downrange. It just... It, it's ignorant. It's it, it's a it's a it's a non-nuanced view of this entire situation and it points to one thing specifically I think and that the military is a lot like any other society or culture. You got some dumb guys, you got some medium guys. I was a medium guy and then you've got some smart guys who can really wrap their brain around the nuance of the issue. We've, we've been seduced by this hero worship. We've lowered the goddamn bar for what makes a hero in this country so bad that if you just don the uniform, you're a hero. You deserve to be lauded with praise and have drinks bought for you. No. And that means if you're a cop or a Marine or an airman or a sailor, soldier, a coastie, whatever the fuck they call those guys. Wow. Or a cop. That doesn't make you a hero. Because Officer Yanez, when he fucking killed Philando Castile, that guy wasn't a hero then. It was likely he wasn't a hero before. And he certainly isn't a fucking hero today. The uniform doesn't make you a hero. Your actions while in the uniform do. A lot of dumb guys, Brittany. <laughs> and that's coming from a medium guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're going to leave it at that. All right. No, no. I, I want to talk about this a little bit more. Oh. I have a clip, too. Okay. Because the other issue of this that I think is getting lost in the controversy that too many people are having the conversation we're having right now, the other side of this conversation is more the racial element. And I can't imagine, because I'm a fucking white guy who grew up in solid white communities in northern Idaho. But imagine, try if you can, imagine being black. And seeing the world through a black man's eyes. How people look at you. How people maybe clutch their purse a little tighter as you walk by. Locking their doors on their cars. How things maybe have got progressively a little better over the generations, over the years. But we still have a long way to go. Like Brittany talked about last episode, the people who were just integrated into schools... 
at threat of violence, they're still alive. It's likely they still have jobs that they go to every day. We're not far removed from that. And when that was happening, they weren't far removed from slavery. It's a hop, skip, and a jump to some terrible shit that went down. And terrible shit takes a long time to heal on both sides. So imagine being black, knowing how America has treated you, has treated your parents, and your grandparents, and on down. And then think about how much differently you'll view the flag and what it represents. Because for me, it does represent freedom and all those patriotic machinations. Because I'm a fucking white guy. I've got all kinds of advantages. I haven't faced the kind of social bullshit that blacks do in this country still. So the clip I have after I shut my fucking mouth is from James Baldwin. Now, if you're not familiar with James Baldwin, I would strongly encourage you to go see I Am Not Your Negro. Isn't that the movie, Brittany? Yes. It is a wonderfully put together documentary about him and his life and his and his work. But listen to this piece put together by, I believe, the Daily Mail or the Guardian. Guardian. By the Guardian. It is emotion evoking. It comes as a great shock to discover that the country, which is your birthplace and to which you owe your life and your identity, has not in its whole system of reality evolved any place for you. comes as a great shock around the age of five or six or seven to discover the flag to which you have pledged allegiance along with everybody else has not pledged allegiance to you. It comes as a great shock to discover that Gary Cooper killing off the Indians when you were rooting for Gary Cooper, that the Indians were you. When I was growing up, I was taught in American history books that Africa had no history. And neither did I. That I was a savage. About whom the less said the better. Who had been saved by Europe. And brought to America. And of course I believed it. I didn't have much choice. Those were the only books there were. I am stating very seriously. And this is not an overstatement. I picked the cotton and I carried its market and I built the railroads under someone else's whip for nothing, for nothing. If one has got to prove one's title to the land, isn't 400 years enough? 400 years, at least three wars. The American soil is full of the corpses of my ancestors. 
Why is my freedom or my citizenship or my right to live there, how is it conceivably a question now? What we are not facing is the results of what we've done. What one begs the American people to do for all our sakes is simply to accept our history until the moment comes when we, the Americans, we, the American people, we are trying to forge a new identity for which we need each other. Until this moment, there is scarcely any hope for the American dream because the people who are denied participation in it by their very presence will wreck it. So basically everything that comes out of his mouth is powerful. Yeah. Um, it's a shame that he is not alive today to provide us with guidance and wisdom in this time. But my, my favorite quote from that is when he says, it comes as a great shock to discover that the flag to which you have pledged allegiance has not pledged allegiance to you. Yeah. And, you know, Francis Scott Key, who wrote the national anthem, had slaves. He mm-hmm. was a slave owner. Right. And he also said racist things about black people being an inferior race. He wrote he wrote those things. And so that's someone who the person who wrote that national anthem that you're supposed to stand and was a racist. Put your hand over your heart and sing along to the words was a racist who owned people. Yeah. So it's hard for me to hear some of the arguments coming from conservatives because even if this was disrespect to the anthem and the flag, I don't know that I would be that upset about it, even if that was what the message was. Yeah. Um, or at least you'd understand it. Yeah. I mean, you'd, you you'd, could get it. Yeah. You <laughs> can have compassion. You can have some empathy here. Um understanding that it's different, right? And when he says, I picked the cotton. That's it, yeah. Right? Um, I mean, he's talking about <laughs> kind of the intergenerational transmission of trauma there. I mean, it's his family, you know, and you can think of these people, their ancestors. Not far removed. Right? Yeah. And I, I, there's so many variables that go into it, but... I don't know. It, 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 anything James Baldwin says is gold. And I, I really would encourage <laughs> you to go out there and watch that. I am not your Negro because there are great clips in it where he's sitting on, um, you know, those talk shows in the 60s where they're smoking cigarettes one after the fucking other. And he's sitting there talking about these issues of race with Malcolm X right next to him. And they do not agree about things. Um, I've said on the show many times before that between being a Martin Luther King type of guy or a Malcolm X type of guy, I'm a Malcolm X type of guy. Having said that, James Baldwin, I don't see a way that his words don't resonate because they're so poignant. They cut. Wise man. All right. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. 
Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Patrick. Patrick. Thank you. Thank you, sir. That is awesome. Our newest member of our Patreon family. We appreciate it very much. The Patreon call is tomorrow. You will receive a message on Patreon if you are in the appropriate tier to get that message. And we send it out about 10 minutes before the call. Uh, Tomorrow's on Friday. Not tomorrow. Friday. (laughs) Friday's call is at 8 p.m. Los Angeles time. That's right. And Saturday's call is 10 a.m. Los Angeles time. So we hope you come have a drink with us on Friday and wake up to some coffee with us on Saturday. Also, if you're listening to this right now, it's Friday morning. There's You can still get in on the call. Yeah. If you join Patreon, find the level, pick which status you want to be, whatever. Yep. You could be on the call tomorrow. It, you don't have to, to go all the way through a whole month. So we'd love to see you. It is a good time. We really do have a good time. We do. Brittany and I have a drink or two. Everybody kind of has a drink or two. Break it dead. Talk a little bit about the weather at first. <laughs> Inside joke. It's good. It's we, really we, good. We really do talk about the weather at first. It's awkward at first because I don't... It's not like a topic-driven thing. We just... It's a bunch of friends talking and shooting the shit. And, and you're uncomfortable with silence. I am not uncomfortable with silence. Yes, you are. I'm silent at night every time I sleep. Mm. It is fucking quiet except for the TV that's blasting. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Again, we love you guys. We appreciate your support so very much. It cannot be said enough. You guys are great. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So we've been talking about Donald Trump for so long, and I am at my wit's end. I get tweeted maybe once a day with people asking me about when is the Republican Party going to wake up? When are they going to shift, start taking responsibility for this monster that's leading their party? Well, Paul Ryan, a man for whom I used to have a modicum respect for, sat down with Sean Hannity, the pumpkin head, over at Fox News. And Hannity sat there. I'm at a loss for words. Hannity sat there almost like a dejected child, ready to cry about why are they being so mean to the president? Why? It is bizarre. Almost as bizarre as Paul Ryan's response to his questions. Let's talk about Congress and the president. I know people that sit in Senate private closed door meetings and they write me what's said. I'll give you names, Ben Sass, John McCain, at least 10 or 12 senators that don't want the president to succeed, Republican senators that openly trash the president. 
What's your relationship with it? It's What's, very good. It's, it's, it's very the good. opposite of it. We have a great relationship. Are By you the way, happy with this presidency? I'm very happy, but you don't have that in the House of Representatives. We have caucuses every week. You don't hear that kind of talk from, from, the, from the House of Representatives. I have not heard it from House members. So you don't hear that from House members. Look, I think the president is giving us the kind of leadership we need to get this country back on the right track. Is there anything Just today, about his agenda on, that you think is not conservative? Not that I can think of. Mm. Any big disagreement you have with no. it? No. And you're really, so really it comes down to the Senate. The Senate is where people need to focus their attention. Look, I, I love to bash the other guys. Uh, I can control what we can control, but we're doing our job here in the House, and we're, we're rooting for our Senate, friends in the Senate to get this stuff done. We're really disappointed in health care, yeah. but we still got a chance of getting a lot of these big things done. We'll be- <laughs> I, 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 listen, I don't understand. They don't want the president to succeed. Well, good for them. Because the concept of the president, Donald Trump, succeeding means that DACA goes away. It means that the travel ban, the Muslim ban, stays in effect. It means that all of the different draconian measures that he wants to to put in action, whether it be rolling back environmental regulations or deporting tens of millions of people willy-nilly, putting in place a white nationalist agenda. If Donald Trump succeeds, white nationalism succeeds. So you're goddamn right. I hope the president fails. And you'll hear people make these analogies about, well, listen, if the pilot passes out and then the only guy that can fly the plane is a rapist, I hope that the he is able to land the plane. We're not in a plane. We're in a country. We have a constitution. Don't be stupid. I think what's most shocking about this is Paul Ryan was always held up as one of those people that was uh, reasonable yeah. and rational, rational and could take on members of his own party when he didn't necessarily agree with them or, sure. or it was necessary and he's failing miserably at that and he has been ever since Donald Trump came on the scene and it's strange because it seems like there's some sort of special allowance for Donald Trump yeah where there hasn't been a special allowance for other people in the party so I'm wondering if it's desperation and I mean I don't understand what would be behind the desperation or if he's feeling threatened in some way that that we are unaware of i don't really know what to what to say to explain it other than this seems to be uncharacteristic of of how he has been in the past i think so too but listen and maybe it's me my pollyanna nature but i i cannot believe that paul ryan actually believes this I think the president is giving us the kind of leadership we need to get this country back on the right track. What kind of leadership? <laughs> what kind of leadership? Yes. Constantly tweeting about unimportant things that no one cares about, that only he cares about. 
calling Kim Jong-un rocket man. Little rocket man. Saying that that fire and fury, using all these inflammatory terms when he's supposed to be diplomatic. This is not good leadership. Calling private citizens, Americans, son of a bitches. Sons of bitches. Saying they should be fired for their political opinions. And <laughs> saying there's, you know, fine people on both sides of the... The Nazi right. rally. No, there were lots of fine people on those in the, those Nazi marches. They were they were fine people, Brittany Page. And all of these things. Are, I think the president is giving us the kind of leadership we need to get this country back on the right track. With that statement, he is effectively endorsing he those is. statements and this behavior from Donald Trump. He's giving us the kind of leadership we need to get America back on the right track. We should be thankful. Thank you, Donald Trump. And sorry, Sean Hannity. Sorry your your butthole hurts so bad. What? From, I don't know, the poops or... What? He's butt hurt. Oh. Yeah. Mm. It, was a, it was a bridge too far. Yeah. So speaking of bridge too far, again, thank you for setting me up for that awesome segue, Brittany Page. You're, you're it welcome. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Judge Roy Moore, the, fo- the former... I almost didn't get it out. The former... Su- Chief Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court just won a Senate primary race against Luther Strange, who was Donald Trump's choice. Well, we don't know because the tweets have been deleted. (laughs) That's right. And you know what happens when you delete a tweet. Everyone forgets what you tweeted and there's no record of it at all. That's exactly what happens. Just goes away. Donald Trump has it figured out. Bye-bye. It's good because... I think the president is giving us the kind of leadership we need to get this country back on the right track. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Because he's embarrassed that he supported the loser. This would be his term. And he doesn't want it to be on his Twitter timeline that he supported a loser. (laughs) We're going to forget. Because that's the way he thinks. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's about his image. He doesn't want to look bad. Even though he's president and shouldn't care. So the maniac, Judge Roy Moore, is now in a general election fight to sit in the United States Senate. Let's talk a little bit about Roy Moore. The man who hopes to become Alabama's next U.S. Senator, Judge Roy Moore, rode to Victory Tuesday. His white Stetson hat straight out of central casting. I believe in the Second Amendment. The Righteous Cowboy, ready for a day of reckoning. We've got to go back to God. We've got to go back to a moral base. Some of President Trump's most ardent supporters see Moore as their type of guy. A vote for Judge Roy Moore is a vote for Donald J. Trump. But Donald Trump himself, not so much. He endorsed the other guy. On Tuesday, we're going to send a real fighter and a real good guy from Alabama to the United States Senate. Moore first made national headlines back in the early 2000s when he installed this giant statue of the Ten Commandments in the rotunda of the Alabama State Supreme Courthouse. I have acknowledged God is the moral foundation of our law. Thank you, Lord. It's my duty. A decision that ran afoul of a series of federal courts. We've allowed 
the acknowledgement of God to be taken from us because three lawyers walked into this building and are offended at looking at God's word. That's right. Nightline followed the issue for years. After the case went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, the monument was finally removed and Justice Moore was ultimately fired. Moore later was re-elected to the state Supreme Court, but he defied the federal courts again on the issue of same-sex marriage. He views homosexuality as sinful. It is immoral. It is defined by the law as detestable. It was against the law in most states until the Supreme but, Court in Lawrence v. Texas said that it wasn't. So on C-SPAN 2 of all places, that led to this spirited debate. Where, in the, where in the Constitution do you find any support for your position that you can outlaw <clears throat> certain kinds of sexual activity which you don't approve of? I find no support in the Constitution whatsoever to authorize sodomy in our law. Roy Moore operates on the fringes of American politics. Even during the Trump era, he is out there with views that are far more conservative than... Let's pause that. I don't see anything in the United States Constitution about sodomy. You know what? I don't see anything about cars or planes in the Constitution either, dickface. And we... I own a car. I fly in a plane several times a year. Yeah. So here's what bothers me about this. Um, when people use... Is it because he's dumb? <laughs> When people use the term sodomy, it means both anal and oral and oral. Yeah. So I'm sure that Roy Moore has only had sex through a sheet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And only in missionary <laughs> through a sheet and with the lights off. Yeah. Right. Nothing else. Vagina is icky. The and dirty. The artwork in and my yearbook Jesus is a shame. The artwork in my yearbook. Roy Moore has never oh. been in that situation. Nope. Nope. Never. Most of his potential colleagues in the Senate and far to the right, even of people in Alabama. So that's a little bit about Judge Roy Moore, who, by the way, when he was talking at the beginning of the clip about, ah, I believe in the Second Amendment. I don't know why I'm doing that voice, but I believe in the Second Amendment. He dug in his pocket and pulled out like a 38 revolver mm-hmm. and flashed it to the crowd. He brandished the weapon in front of the crowd. Mm-hmm. And of course, guns so while we're on the topic of sodomy we aren't but i'm going back to it um (laughs) (laughs) do i need to break out the bill o'reilly jerking off noise no 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 no. Uh oh okay just wait no oh jesus um oh christopher hitchens (laughs) christopher hitchens has one of my favorite quotes of all time okay Whenever I hear some big mouth in Washington or the Christian heartland banging on about the evils of sodomy or whatever, I mentally enter his name in my notebook and contentedly set my watch. Sooner rather than later, he will be discovered down on his weary and well-worn old knees in some dreary (laughs) motel or latrine with an expired visa card, having tried to pay well over the odds to be peed upon by some Apache transvestite. Fucking Christopher Hitchens. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you no go. No one has a way with words. There you go. Like Hitch. So let me explain just how goddamn dumb Roy Moore is. Again, remember, former Chief Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court. 
Now, this audio isn't great because I searched and searched and searched for it. And the only place I was able to get it was on Seth Meyers' show. But listen to, to Roy Moore not knowing while running for the United States Senate in this day and age. Not knowing what DACA is. Not knowing what dreamers are. Listen to this exchange. Would you support an end to the dreamer program that President Trump has still continued to, to push? The Pardon? The dreamer program? Yes, sir. The DACA, not, DAPA. You're not, you're not aware of what dreamers are? No. Dreamers, are, this is a big no. issue in the uh, immigration debate. Dreamers are... Why don't you tell me what it is, Dale? Quit beating around. Tell me what it is. I'm kind of shocked that you don't know what this is. What do you think about that? Well, you know, if, if Trump's done it, well, that's what Trump's done. Do you support the ending of that program that you didn't know existed? Well, I would, I would look at that program. I surely would. Let me know uh, what you think about that Dreamer program uh, when you learn uh, about that. And the laughter, of course, is Seth Meyers' audience. But seriously, how serious a man can this person be? He was a Supreme Court justice. Chief Justice, while the DREAM Act was passed into law by the federal government. He's not a smart man. He believes that homosexuality should be illegal. It should be against the law. He has said in speeches, for which I could not find the audio, but it is documented in New York Times articles that he says 9-11 happened because God is mad at America. How American is that? He's referred to Asians and Native Americans as yellows and reds. And then when asked to explain himself, Saying the nursery or the, the, the Sunday school song about Jesus loves the little children, red and yellow, black and white. Oh, well, that's good enough for Sunday school. It's got to be good enough for the vernacular. He might be a United States senator for the state of Alabama. Listen to this very brief clip of him saying that Newtown, the massacre in Connecticut, Dozens of children were gunned down, murdered, innocent babies. He believes that God let it happen because we're forgetting God's law. You wonder why we're having problems in Newtown, Connecticut, all across our country with killing, stealing, committing adultery. Because we've forgotten the law of God. That is fucking despicable. That is disgusting. This man is not qualified to sit in the chamber of the United States Senate. This guy makes Jeff Sessions look like a decent human being. He is also, as I said, continuing to protest aggressively 
same-sex marriage, even while on the Supreme Court of the state of Alabama. Alabama Chief Justice Roy Moore warns Christians to prepare to be persecuted. Moore was speaking this morning at Kimberly Church of God, and WIET 42 News reporter Nick Gullis was at this morning's service. Lee, Chief Justice Moore was scheduled to speak at this morning's service before the same-sex marriage ruling came from the Supreme Court. It was timely for a man who has worked tirelessly to protect traditional marriage in the state of Alabama. It was God and Country Sunday at the Kimberly Church of God, a fitting theme one week from Independence Day, and two days after the law of the land approved same-sex marriage. Welcome to the new world. It just changed for you Christians. It's the time now where you're going to be persecuted, according to the United States Supreme Court. Alabama Chief Justice Roy Moore gave the sermon at Sunday service, focusing on Friday's opinion handed down by the United States Supreme Court. But we've forgotten the laws. We've forgotten that the Constitution is over the President of the United States. It's over the Supreme Court of the United States. It's over the Congress. There's no word about marriage or same-sex marriage in the Constitution. Church pastor Stan Cook repeated the concerns of Moore and the dissenting opinions of the Supreme Court. It is going to be a time of testing. Uh, that we'll see incidents occur where the churches will be sued. Um, it's not going to be a bakery or a flower shop now. People will be coming demanding uh, gay marriages to take place within the body of Christ. Moore believes there is already enough on the books to protect Christians and other religions that may be targeted. We have freedom of religion amendment and we also have the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. I think there's ample authority to protect religious liberty and I think that we shall be doing just that. Recognize that he just said we have the Freedom of Religion Amendment and we also have the First Amendment of the Constitution. That is a stunning ignorance of the Constitution for a man who is the Chief Justice of a state Supreme Court. Yeah, so he also has unusual views about the First Amendment. He thinks that it only protects Christianity. Uh, quote, they didn't bring the Quran over on the pilgrim ship, the Mayflower. <laughs> That's a rock solid legal argument. If Drew, our senior legal correspondent, if he was here right now, he would be stymied by that legal argument. Yeah. The Mayflower, the pilgrim mm -hmm. argument from the 1600s. Yes. That's rock solid, you know, hundreds of years before the Constitution was signed into into law. Listen, quote, let's get real. Let's learn our history. Let's stop playing games. <laughs> okay? Quote, everybody, to include the U.S. Supreme Court, has been deceived as to one little word in the First Amendment called religion. They can't define it. They can't define it the way Mason, Madison, and even the United States Supreme Court defined it the duties we owe to the creator and the manner of discharging it. They don't want to do that because that acknowledges a creator God. Buddha didn't create us. Muhammad didn't create us. It's the God of the holy scriptures. Does he think Muhammad's God? Does he know that little about comparative religion that he believes Muhammad, oh, peace be upon him, is God? 
He's, he's well educated on all of the faiths. So he thinks in like in Christianity where you got God, you got Yahweh, and you got Jesus, and they're the same guy. He believes that Allah and Muhammad, a peace be upon him, are the same guy. They have like a trinity situation. L- listen, he, in Islam. he said, let's get real. Let's learn our history. Let's stop playing games. That sounds like it could be the intro for the real world on MTV. <laughs> Isn't well, that what it kind of sounds like that? I mean, you would know when better people, than me. But people s- stop being real and start doing whatever. Quote, black, white, all people, all religions, all faiths. It was about God. It was God who gave us life, our liberty, pursuit of happiness. There you go. Yeah. Does he have any proof of that? Does he have any 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 eyewitness testimony to that fact? Being a man of the law and the Constitution, you'd think he'd be able to, to point to something. Mm-hmm. Probably not. I think we want to base our laws on that which we know for a fact. Well, you know, it's a problem when you've gone your whole life believing the exact same thing yeah if you haven't changed at all i mean how old do you think he is he's 65 68 maybe and in that time very little change in the positions let's see how old is judge roy moore okay i found this on the web for let's see how old is judge roy moore well that doesn't fucking help me at all hang on Judge Roy Moore, according to Wikipedia, is... That's not helping me either. 70. 70 years old. Yeah. I thought that she was going to figure it out. Not changed. Yeah. Are you being shitty right now? It's just Siri never does what you want her to. Always does with actors and actresses. Yeah. Well, Roy Moore, (laughs) you know, he's super famous. (laughs) Said a lot of good stuff. Really well-known guy. Yeah, so 70 years. And and I think people criticize politicians for switching positions on issues. Yeah. Especially when it looks politically expedient. And that that is a problem. And that is something that warrants criticism. Sure. However, we should encourage people to change as they learn something new. As new evidence comes out and they're able to adjust their position. <laughs> yes. Realize they were wrong, admit they were wrong, and ad- ad- adjust their belief accordingly. He's now 70 years old and has been like this for his entire life. And that's kind of tragic, I think, um, because he, <laughs> I mean, it's just not growth and development. Yes. And he's, I wonder if you get sick of saying the same things over and over again. What's it say about someone who knows everything there is to know? No room for growth. Roy Moore. Well, and that's what it is. Having this divinely inspired handbook for your beliefs that was gifted to you. And now you have a stranglehold on the truth. And I mean, how can you argue with that? How can you question that? Pretty perfect book, though. You know, with all the cures for disease, all the rules about washing your hands before you cook and after you take a shit, all of the hygienical advice that was passed along in the... Oh, wait, no. No, none of that is in there. I'm sorry. All right. 
Well, let's move on off of Roy Moore. And let's talk about, again, we'll get back on Donald Trump and the hypocrisy of the Trump administration. I'm looking up hygienical. Hygienical? Yeah. I bet you that's a word. <laughs> Is it a word? Um, I'm, I am not finding evidence for that. Eh, it's a word. I'm... <laughs> so remember during the campaign... I'm skeptical. Remember during the campaign, Brittany... When Donald Trump railed speech after speech after speech, mm-hmm. the fucking windbag went on and on and on about Hillary Clinton using a private server, which was absolutely a mistake, for sure, should not have done it. You know, I don't I remember that. I railed ag- about it on this program. I don't remember that. <laughs> was that a prominent criticism? Well, here, let me, uh, let me refresh your memory. He made so many false statements. Is she going to be brought before Congress or something? Is something going to happen? Is something going to happen? Because it's a disgrace. Hillary Clinton claimed that the reason for her illegal use of a private insecure email, right? She claimed this was that it was more convenient to use just one device. Oh. Maybe you'll remember this. Brittany Page. And here's another beauty. A breaking news story today provides one of the most shocking revelations to date. As you may remember, President Obama claimed to have no knowledge whatsoever of Clinton's, Hillary Clinton's, illegal email server. I have no knowledge of it. I don't know. This guy, he's as bad as she is. And he's got to stop campaigning and bring us some jobs, okay? That jeopardized national security, her email server. You hear that, Brittany? Yes. Obama needs to quit campaigning and go get us some jobs. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is eight months into his first year in the presidency, and he's campaigning. He campaigned within the first three months. Mm-hmm. Maybe he should go out there and get us some jobs. But maybe if that didn't jog your memory, Brittany Page, about Donald Trump and his obsession Maybe justified because it was terrible that she had her own private server. But here's a little dust up during the debate with Hillary Clinton about that same matter. I made a mistake using a private email. That was more than a mistake. That was done purposely. Okay, that was not a mistake. That was done purposely. When you have your staff taking the Fifth Amendment, taking the Fifth so they're not prosecuted. When you have the man that set up the illegal server taking the fifth, I think it's disgraceful. And believe me, this country thinks it's disgraceful. It really thinks it's disgraceful also. Well, despite all of that and many more, that was a cursory search for clips. It has been revealed that Jared Kushner, Ivanka Trump, Kellyanne Conway, Steve Bannon, Reince Priebus, all while in the employ of our federal government for the White House used private email in the course of their duties. Jared Kushner had installed a private email server in the state of Arizona. The hypocrisy knows no bounds. This reads like a fucking soap opera. Are you kidding me? 
Well, also in his closed interview with the staff of the Senate Intelligence Committee, he did not share the existence of his personal email account. Wow, that's big. Which he apparently used for official business. Also, (laughs) the chair and vice chair of the committee wrote him a letter through his attorney, and they didn't know that he had a personal email account. They learned about that from the news. And how did the news find out? The news found out because a prankster, (laughs) and I'm not joking, a prankster emailed Jared Kushner's attorney from the address kushner.jared at mail, asking what he should do with some, quote, correspondence on my private email featuring adult content. Wow. Can I remove these? The prankster asked. His wow. attorney said, quote, forwarded on forwarded or received from White House officials? Question. I think one was forwarded from a White House official. We had discussed a shared interest of sorts, the prankster said. It was unsolicited. Then there are a handful more, but not from officials. His attorney said, I need to see, I think, all emails between you and White House just for me and us. We need to send any officials, any official emails to your White House account, not stuff like you asked about. None of those are going anywhere. But can we bury it? The prankster responded. I'm so embarrassed. It's fairly specialist stuff. Half naked women on a trampoline standing on Lego scenes. What? (laughs) I don't know. Weird fetish shit, you know. I don't think I read that word correctly. The tag for the movie was, quote... At least he didn't say, oh, it's like yearbook pictures of dicks being sucked. Hashtag standing (laughs) on the little people, sad face. The attorney replied, don't delete, don't send to anyone, let's chat in a bit. So she normally has conversations with Jared Kushner about the types of porn that he watches. Because she seems very... Just business as usual. Yeah, yeah. Putting on a brave face, maybe. Yeah. So a prankster revealed that Jared Kushner has a private server. And then it's been revealed further through reporting, good reporting, that it was also Rice Priebus and those other people. Well, is a private email account and a private server the same thing? Well, no. A private server's uh, a step more devious. Okay. Well, you said server here, but I think they're talking about this is just the private Email account. That is that true. That they found out about. But Jared Kushner did have a private email server right. set up in Arizona. Okay. So I don't think that that server applies to to Bannon and, and Priebus and those others, but it certainly applies to he and his wife. So this is apparently the second time this month that a top lawyer representing a senior White House official has interacted with this same prankster. Is, is this the British guy? His name is... Britain McBritain face. Jeff Jetton. And oh, that sounds British. He tweets as <laughs> Sinon Reborn, S I N O N underscore Reborn. That is a guy we need to follow on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is a guy we need to get on the show. Yeah, I mean, reading this, it I almost I feel like I need to quadruple verify this. So just so you know, I've only checked it with two sources and i i just don't feel like this is true so i need to check it because it's so crazy yeah i mean it (laughs) sounds like i mean he put a sad face and hashtag standing on the little i mean it's like a joke yeah unless this is how 
Jared Kushner interacts with his attorney? Why wasn't she like, wait a, wait a minute. What you are know, you saying? Here's the deal. I, I really like porn where they're, it's half-naked ladies standing on trampolines that are on Lego sets of Star Wars stuff. I'm Jared Kushner, and I like weird porn. That's what it is. That was actually an audio recording from the conversation, Brittany. Mm-hmm. You didn't know that? The fact that my mouth was moving in, in concert with what those words were doesn't matter. That was Jared Kushner, the weirdo who loves crazy fetish porn. Yeah, uh, Washington Examiner is reporting it too, so. <laughs> I mean, that's just unbelievable. Oh, that is unbelievable. No, it makes you wonder about the, con- does it not? Does it not make you wonder about yes. the types of conversations that, that she wasn't immediately, that, that that wasn't immediately a red flag for her? That, what? This doesn't sound yeah, like Jared. This is not how this person speaks to me. Or this is not least, how I interact with this person. At the very least, let's let's talk on the phone about this. So I know it's you talking to me. We don't need this paper trail, you fucking Lego freak. Uh, it's just so strange. It's really weird, Brittany. All right. Listen, we were going to talk about, we've gone too long. We were going to talk about the this whole Twitter thing, this whole Facebook thing, and all the Russian ad buys through those two companies, and maybe what the aforementioned Jared Kushner's role was in all of that. Clearly, just speculation on my part about that, but he was their data guy, and now Facebook and Twitter are both going to be publicly testi- publicly testifying about this. So we're going to pick that up next week. If you have any questions about it, you have any info about it, we'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. We don't have an asshole of today. We don't have a taking care of biz. You guys are taking care of biz. Wow, you like that, Brittany? I do. It's nice, right? It's real nice. We love you. We appreciate you. We will see you. Oh, one more thing. Don't hang up on us. October 19th. If you can make it to Cal State Fullerton and join our event that we are going to be moderating, what is going to be a very interesting conversation between Michael Shermer and Dr. Ryan Nichols and Dr. Douglas Navrick about solving moral dilemmas, how do we know what's right? We'll finally answer the age-old question inside of an hour and a half. <laughs> We'd love to see you there. You can go to dollamore.com slash event. That will give you some info about the event. We, we really would. We'd like to see you there. We'd love to meet you, hug your neck, shake your hand, get a picture. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Anyway, we'll see you next time, and we'll see you folks on Patreon tomorrow on the Google Hangout slash Zoom call. We love you. We appreciate you. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. I think the president is giving us the kind of leadership we need to get this country back on the right track.